Hello, podcast listeners. My name is Blake. And I'm Quinn. And welcome back to Pop Maestros of the Podcast Generation. And season's greetings. Yes. Ho, ho, ho. Um, dreidel, dreidel. <laughs> yeah. And all the rest. Uh, an exciting festive time, to be sure. I've been very, like, I personally celebrate Christmas. I've been very into Christmas this year. Like, I'm, I feel like I've been in the season, like, earlier than normal this year. Oh, very nice, very nice. I don't know if I can exactly say the same, but I definitely did feel the Christmas spirit uh, with our album that we are going to be doing a deep dive into today. Quinn, would you like to introduce yes. who is up? Yeah, well, um, so she's arrived, Mariah Carey, on the podcast with her uh, Christmas album, Merry Christmas, released October 28th, 1994 by Columbia Records. And, yeah, I mean, Mariah Carey is um, a very significant, iconic force in the world of pop music. And, um, kind of concurrently, Christmas is a um, dominant force in the music industry as well. And um, it's actually been a very exciting time to track Christmas music on, you know, in the world of popular music. And... Um, with incorporating streaming into, you know, just chart metrics and more data that we have about music and what people listen to and how music impacts our day-to-day lives, um, it's an exciting time for Christmas music. And we're really getting to see, you know, because of streaming, the data of, like, which songs do people listen to all the time and what are the defining classics of the season and what are the definitive versions of songs so, uh, yeah, it's a, a very cool thing to see these sort of parallel um, movements of Christmas music in general um, kind of gaining a new level of legitimacy um, and prowess in the music industry. And uh, Mariah Carey really um, being at the helm of that movement um, when she already has had such a storied and impressive career up until this point. And it's like a very interesting second leg, I guess, of her legacy that I think will have probably a far more lasting impact than even the solo stuff that she did that is not Christmas related, which Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that's how it should be, but um, this is really like a bid for immortality that she has because Mm -hmm. of her um, business decision and um, Mm -hmm. the savvy of her and her songwriting craft, like that's just... It puts her in this, like, untouchable position. And I mean, yeah. like, she could not release anything and still be, like, one of the most relevant, dominant entertainers in the industry for one month. And, like... Oh, yes. And that, and that I mean, is just, like, that star power. So, I'm... It's just kind of a cool moment to talk about both of those things. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. I think especially seeing the recent resurgence of All I Want for Christmas is You, and I feel like I have learned a lot about Mariah Carey through the course of my friendship with you, so I feel like this year I have really started to go in-depth with not only the music of Mariah Carey, but also her dominance on the Billboard charts and just how much success she's amassed throughout her career. So I am very excited to dive into this. Because I am not really... I enjoy Christmas. I wouldn't consider myself as someone... I celebrate it. I wouldn't 
consider myself someone who's super into it. I feel like I don't really go out of my way to listen to Christmas music. So this is an exciting kind of change of pace for me. I feel like we've had a lot of those recently. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, we're just putting you all out of your comfort zone. Yeah, Yeah, I actually have a very different experience with Christmas music in general. Mm -hmm. Um, My family uh, played Christmas music all the time. And Mm -hmm. so we, uh, the idea of playing Christmas music is very familiar to me. Pretty much Mm -hmm. every year I'll have Christmas music on. For a significant portion of time, like throughout mm-hmm. December. And interestingly, Mariah Carey's Merry Christmas mm-hmm. was not an album that I had growing up. And it's not like of the Christmas albums that I know really well. Like I would mm-hmm. consider this one of them. Yeah. Um, and it's just interesting because I am like one of my my cats is named after Mariah Carey like I'm mm-hmm. clearly a big fan yeah. and I listen to her fairly frequently mm-hmm. um, but yeah like this was not like a part of her career I was super familiar with in my childhood mm-hmm. um, and yeah I think uh, I, I definitely want to um, keep this podcast uh, focused on the holiday season just because this is such an event. But I'm very okay. happy to talk about my <laughs> relationship with Mariah Carey's music mm-hmm. and like how that has evolved over time too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I suppose that will get slipped in here as well. Oh, for sure. But um, yeah, she... Um, I remember growing up and... Uh, hearing All I Want for Christmas is You on the radio, like, Mm -hmm. once or twice, you know, when you're in the car. And I remember liking it, and not even really, like, having a cognizance of that that was Mariah Mm -hmm. Carey. Like, I just knew it was a song that came on. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, definitely liking it, and being like, oh, this is a fun one. But then, like, it didn't end up Mm -hmm. on, like, you know, music that I listened to, Mm-hmm. around Christmas time like it just yeah. wasn't on the albums a lot of the Christmas albums we had kind of veered in the more religious side mm-hmm. which Merry Christmas is actually very religious oh, too yes. as an album mm-hmm. I was kind of surprised by just oh, yes. how religious it was yeah same here but um I, I think you know Mariah Carey's a more secular star uh so that was probably why we didn't have this album but um yeah, it's like kind of my journey with All I Want for Christmas is You is similar, where it's like I was aware of it, it was around, I always liked it, but yeah. then like it seems like each year I've just grown to love it and love it and love it so mm-hmm. much more. And like you've seen the song go from like being like, oh, that's a nice Christmas song, nice yeah. to listen to, to like being mm-hmm. like, this is the song, like mm-hmm. it is the Christmas song. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, like, it's honestly been fascinating to watch. I mean, I know we're going to go through talking track by track mm-hmm. on this album, but really, I mean, All I Want for Christmas is You has just, like, dwarfed anything, any impact this album could have had. Like, mm-hmm. All I Want for Christmas is You has just, like, become a standard. Like, oh, truly yes. a great American standard song. Oh, yes, Absolutely. Yes, I will say, like, going through my memory right now, I will say the one Christmas album that I am fairly familiar with is Michael Buble's Christmas album that came out, like, 10 or 11 years ago. And there is a cover of All I Want for Christmas is You on it, and I remember listening to that album, not even necessarily by choice, it just feels like for a period of, like, 2011 to 2014, any time you would walk into a Target... It's a very, like, like, Starbucks Yes, it's a very Starbucks and Target album. So, of course, you know, during my Christmas shopping in my adolescence, I feel like that was just the soundtrack to it. And, you know, you would go to the CD section and you would just see 
rows and rows and rows of not only Merry Christmas by Mariah Carey, but also Michael Buble's Christmas album. Also Justin Bieber's Christmas album, which I often forget (laughs) that he had one. But I was in Starbucks or somewhere else or some other establishment the other day and Justin Bieber, he had like an original Christmas song and like that unlocked like a core memory for me. Like I had not heard that song in years. I hadn't either. My sister played it the other day Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, this takes me to a time and place. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, it, I've been really curious to see that, actually, just oh, in yeah. the industry. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's so interesting because I do think Merry Christmas was redefining two artists in terms of a, mm-hmm. the Christmas album as yeah. a pop star concept, mm-hmm. which I think is something very interesting to talk about. Yeah. Because, again, like, we're talking about innovations like, Mariah Carey's actually been at the helm of a couple, like, major innovations in the music industry, and I oh, think yeah. this is one of those moments. And I would say arguably the first moment in her career that she did that. And mm-hmm. again, it was it, it's interesting because at the time, that's mm-hmm. not what happened. Like, mm-hmm. people weren't saying, like, it wasn't this immediately evident, like, brilliant career mm-hmm. decision yeah. for her to do this. And, like she didn't necessarily, like, mm-hmm. see the concept either. Like, Tommy yeah. Mottola was like, hey, do you want to make a Christmas album? Like, I mm-hmm. think this would be great for you. Yeah. And at the time, Christmas albums were looked at as, like, A, a cash grab, like, just mm-hmm. when you needed to make some money, and B, when you were trying to fulfill your contractual obligations with the mm-hmm. studio. So, like, you could tack on a Christmas album if you had, like, a six-album contract and you were ready to move on. It would be really easy mm-hmm. to just, like sing some of the standard songs, slap them on an album, mm-hmm. and send it out. And, like, of course, a lot of times these were, like, late-stage career albums. So, like, yeah. just, I think there's general, like, when mm-hmm. you sing full-time professionally for a living, like, sometimes your voice just kind of, yeah. like, it was not, like, peak form, mm-hmm. these superstars. It was oh, usually yeah. just, like, okay, like, they're gonna, you know, kind of mostly charm their way through some holiday mm-hmm. standards. Yeah. And so, yes, again, this was, like, not... This was the conventional mm-hmm. wisdom of Christmas albums at the time. Yeah. And Tommy Mottola approaches Mariah Carey, who was his, also his mm-hmm. wife at the time. Yeah. And there's been lots to say about their marriage. Um, and I think I kind of take Mariah Carey's lead in that, like, she herself gives Tommy Mottola credit for mm-hmm. some, like, good ideas and decisions yeah. early on in her career. Mm-hmm. So, like... I feel like if she's willing to do that, then, like, I can acknowledge, you know, like, she Mm -hmm. was, it wasn't her idea to do this. But then, once it was determined, like, okay, like, it's sort of, like, the height of my career, like, she had just released Music Box in 1993, which was the, to date, best-selling album she's ever done. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. like, Certified Diamond, it was a blockbuster album, Hero was on that album, and, uh... Yeah, and, like, the album directly following this was uh, Daydream, which mm-hmm. was her second biggest-selling album to oh, date. Yeah. I mean, that's also been certified diamond and has, like, fantasy and One Sweet Day. So, yeah. like, this was really, like, mm-hmm. peak, peak, peak for Mariah Carey. Vocally, I think she... There's a lot of arguments mm-hmm. amongst fans, like, what her vocally mm-hmm. best album or like period of time was Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of people who think Merry Christmas was actually her Mm -hmm. vocal peak Mm -hmm. I I mean it has to be somewhere between Music Box and Daydream just in terms Mm -hmm. of like her like tone and quality like she was just Mm -hmm. able to have this like impeccably buttery like clear 
high belts and just like yeah. a ton of versatility and uh, a lot of that characteristic melisma that we sort of associate with her. Oh, she yeah. was just a really, really uh, lethal vocalist in this yeah. period of time. And so, yeah, she was, her response was like, isn't this a bit early for me to be doing a Christmas album? But then, yes, she bought into it and she like decorated her house in the middle of July and like, you know, put up a Christmas tree and hung up ornaments and just like kind of really got into the spirit of the season. And like, um, her memoir talks a lot about, there was a lot of dysfunction in her Mm -hmm. household growing up and she did not have a lot of money. She talks a lot about her experience being a uh, mixed race person mm-hmm. and how um, that she was discriminated against and um, bullied and put in dangerous situations because of that. And, you know, she talked about, like, she always loved the holidays. She loved being festive and, you know, decorating and just getting into the spirit of the season. But just, it was always very stressful and never seemed to work out. And, like, her mom didn't have a ton of money, so she would, like, wrap up fruit you know, and put it under the tree uh, just to, you know, kind of try to commemorate the holiday in some way. So, like, she mm-hmm. became very determined yeah. in her childhood. Like, if, you know, when I grow up, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to, I want Christmas to be special. And, yeah. like, I'm going to put a lot of effort into that. Absolutely. So then she channeled a lot of those feelings and mm-hmm. emotions into this album and ended up delivering something that I don't think it's unfair to say was pretty mixed at the time in terms of what the reception was. I was reading a lot of reviews that were actually pretty scathing of the move and felt like it was not um, a particularly good or interesting album and that it was just like a bunch of boring vanilla covers of standards and just didn't really appreciate it too much. And then there were other people that liked it and thought it was nice and, you know, enjoyed All I Want for Christmas is You and some of the other original material of which there was more of than was typical of a Christmas album. But again, like the popularity and the ubiquity of both All I Want for Christmas is You, the song, and Mariah as the like commercial queen of Christmas, mm-hmm. like those are just two things that grew over time. Like they were not mm-hmm. immediately apparent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. with the album which i think is just so interesting mm-hmm. um because uh yeah you see that like <laughs> this wasn't inevitable like mm-hmm. that this happened but because of just like it being you know that good of a song and like mm-hmm. i think some very smart decisions made by mariah carey and management mm-hmm. like yeah <laughs> you mm-hmm. have you have a queen of christmas i mean that's what she's known for and like she can mm-hmm. kind of do whatever she wants with the yeah. rest of the 11 months of the year and like she can mm-hmm. just go and keep the lights on another new year yeah. at christmas like mm-hmm. it's just like that's that's figuring out the system like oh, that yes. is just it's genius mm-hmm. well there's a lot more to say i think but i think the best way to do that is to just dive into the album itself and yeah. start going track by track and seeing what what <laughs> goodies are under the mariah Carey christmas tree also, it must be said, how fortuitous that her initials are MC yes. <laughs> and Merry Christmas is MC. Like, mm-hmm. I do think, mm-hmm. I, I think it's so much better than uh, being like, Mariah Carey's Christmas. Like, it's just Merry Christmas. Like, yeah. that's what you say to people. And it just, mm-hmm. it right. works because they have the same, like, initials, those yeah. two things. So, I think that was very so fortunate. In- ingenious marketing. <laughs> yeah. But in any case, track one, Silent Night. And again, mm-hmm. 
I was kind of surprised. This is a very religious album. Yeah, it really is. And it feels interesting that this is a deep dive that we're doing. And a lot of these songs that we're talking about are not only covers, but they're also like American, like just standards, Mm -hmm. like very classic standards that have been covered time and time and time again. And that, you know, I feel like a lot of people have been exposed to their entire lives. So I feel like it's very interesting putting this ranking together, which we'll reveal at the end, but at least analyzing these songs track by track was a really kind of unique experience and i feel like so kind of counterintuitive to what we've done so far well and also from a mariah carey perspective mariah carey and is a singer songwriter yeah like and that's something that i i think is easy to overlook and she's kind of said herself like we think of singer songwriters as like they're sitting behind a a piano Mm -hmm. or they have a guitar you know like you don't really think of like a pop diva Mm -hmm. as a singer songwriter but like ultimately i think the lasting impact of mariah carey beyond Mm -hmm. vocal prowess and just being a diva is going to be the songwriting Mm -hmm. and i think there's really like Mm-hmm. I mean, she wrote three songs on this album, which for mm-hmm. being a Christmas album is a lot. Yeah. Um, but like, it is interesting, an artist that is, it's so intrinsically tied to singing their own work. Yeah. Like it's really seeing Mariah put on different skin and like, yes, she did covers before mm-hmm. and after this, like without you, her cover on music box, like that mm-hmm. was, that became the definitive version of that song. So, mm-hmm. I mean, She went number one with I'll Be There, which was a cover of Jackson 5. So she Mm -hmm. had this ability to do, like, inhabit musical space that she did not create for herself. Like, that was established and apparent at this time. Mm -hmm. But it's it's weird to hear an album that is mostly that and Mm -hmm. not just, like, one or two musical interpretations. Really just one. Yeah. um, With the rest of it being her original material. So Mm -hmm. that was, like, it's partly something that I think is like sad about mm-hmm. Mariah Carey um, having such a like attached image to Christmas right now mm-hmm. is that like I think that there's like a lot that people just kind of overlook or dismiss and like mm-hmm. I think there's an idea of a lot of like pop divas that like mm-hmm. maybe they write one or two songs but like they're mostly just singing other people's material and like mm-hmm. if this is the album that most people associate most with Mariah Carey like that's what this album is. Yeah. So, you know, that does kind of make me sad if that's, like, the impression that she's not, like, you know, mm-hmm. an impeccable songwriter. But... Yeah. Some would argue her greatest composition is mm-hmm. on this album. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think that there's... I'm very happy that that moment is there and that it is attached to her... This moment for her. Yeah. Absolutely. But anyway, mm-hmm. so Silent Night... Yes. All that to say, mm-hmm. I really like Mariah Carey's um, musical interpretations on some of these songs. Mm-hmm. Silent Night was one that I was a little like, okay, this is fine. Yeah. I I just kind of wanted to be a little more wowed than I was just because I know that she's capable of doing that. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I kind of had the opposite reaction to it where... I was looking at the track list and I saw that Silent Night was first and then of course All I Want for Christmas is You is number two. And so that was All I Want for Christmas is You is of course I feel like one of the, if not the definitive song from this album. So Silent Night felt like a very prompt kind of gentle warm up to kind of the signature staple of this record. So I I not only appreciated its placement but 
Again, I don't feel like this is the definitive version of Silent Night, but again, I feel like Mariah adds like her own flair to each of these covers, and I appreciated it. I Maybe more so just for its placement on the track list and as an opener, but overall, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's her style really comes through yeah. on this album, which I like that she didn't sacrifice that, mm-hmm. because I do think there is... Um, something to like i think people expecting to hear the standards like it's a it's a tightrope because you need to make it your own and make it like definitively yours but you also can't like take it to too weird of a place because then people are going to reject it and be like this is a terrible version of this song that is not faithful Mm -hmm. and so i think that I just don't know that she strikes that line as well as she does on other songs on this album with Mm -hmm. Silent Night. But yes, like I really appreciate that she sang it with a lot of melisma and, Mm -hmm. you know, using her kind of songbird flair um, because that's, you know, that's how she wanted to express herself in that song. And that's a very Mariah way to sing it. And like no one else really Mm -hmm. could pull off singing it that way. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just, I think that there are other versions of songs on here that are either like definitives of those songs mm-hmm. or like her version of it like takes the song to a stylistic place that is more interesting that also mm-hmm. she could only do. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, yeah, these are hymns mm-hmm. that she's singing and I mean this really established her. I I was reading in the um Christian uh music scene yeah. I think sort of exclusively mm-hmm. as a Christmas act I don't know that she her music continued to um have that much impact on contemporary <clears throat> Christian music but yeah. certainly um this uh I think connecting it to her spirituality mm-hmm. was a way to open her up to another audience that maybe wasn't looking at her much before because yeah. they didn't engage much with secular mm-hmm. musicians for sure and I also think like this album later on mm-hmm. like it's really Mariah Carey's like tribute to not only her spirituality but gospel music oh, too yeah. and just mm-hmm. like showing a love and appreciation for that genre mm-hmm. which was very present on her album Emotions mm-hmm. but I think it's a it's a very explicit mm-hmm. um, dalliance into gospel music here yeah. on this album. Mm-hmm. And I'll say with Silent Night, I just, I think the gospel moments were more successful um, in terms of like, oh, being an exciting, mm-hmm. like Mariah Carey song to listen to. And mm-hmm. I, I do think that like some of these like more kind of powerhouse ballad type hymns at the beginning mm-hmm. are maybe some of the moments that I'm just I feel like the musical identity is a little more mm-hmm. lost but in any case I don't think there's no stopping it it's yes. just like it's like a wave that's about to crash mm-hmm. and take over this whole thing yes track two all I want for Christmas is you so I think there's so much to say about this song first things first the song itself so we start with this, like, these kind of wistful, wintry, mm-hmm. like, music box type of chimes, like, kind of like mm-hmm. a pretty little, like, holiday sparkle. And there's these, you know, kind of mm-hmm. big notes, and uh, it's kind of ballady at the yeah. beginning, you know, mm-hmm. some uh, slowed, slowed down, some characteristic little Mariah runs and riffs. Mm-hmm. 
And then uh, once you get to that first U, then, you know, the the jingly pianos come in and just take the song to Pop Paradise. Oh, yes. And, oh, just, like, this is just such a wonderful song to listen to. Mm -hmm. And, like, I was looking at, like, a couple theories of, like, why is it such a wonderful song to listen to? But Mm -hmm. I just... The way that you get that little like hint of excitement and then rush into just full holiday ecstasy. Like it's just such a wonderful rush to listen to the song. And it really does focus on, I think, some of the better aspects of the holiday season by like kind of shirking materialism. Oh, Even yes. though one of my favorite tweets of all time is I have a hard time believing that Mar- Mariah Carey doesn't want a lot for Christmas. <laughs> But yeah, like it just the the kind of leading theories on mm-hmm. why this song is so popular yeah. is that it's just so universal. I mean, oh, the yes. you in the song could be anybody. It could mm-hmm. be like a a family member or, you know, like it could mm-hmm. be a romantic interest. It could be Jesus. I mean, there yeah. might be a couple like holding on to me so tight. You know, like it's definitely just has that universal appeal while also being innovative in mm-hmm. being like explicitly a love song for yeah. Christmas because mm-hmm. that there were Christmas love songs before this, but that mm-hmm. wasn't as commonly associated with like the classics up to this point. Mm-hmm. Like it was more like rocking around the Christmas tree and Feliz Navidad and like hymns and songs more about spirituality. So this managed to be a love song while also maintaining mm-hmm. enough ambiguity that it could have, like, an even more universal appeal to the All I Want for Christmas is You. And, like, all of these things that she's bringing up, like, it's just so much about imagery. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, all of these, like, I don't want to hang my stocking there upon the fireplace. I I don't want to stay mm-hmm. awake to hear those magic reindeer click. I'm, yeah. Like, it's engaging your senses in mm-hmm. another way. Like, all of these are just really stimulating examples of, like, holiday trademarks that are not the most expected either like there's Mm -hmm. some stuff like you know i won't even wish for snow other things that i just it's very clever wordplay while all feeling incredibly natural Mm -hmm. and like by all accounts this song was written in like 15 to 90 minutes like this is not like a an overworked song in any Mm -hmm. case. Like, it just breezes through and feels so natural. Mm -hmm. And then another theory I was reading about is that um, this song kind of, like, goes up and down the scale several times, like, Mm -hmm. through the verses and such. And it does sing a little bit more like a hymn than it does, like, a standard pop song. Like, it follows that kind of old-school A-A-B-A format that is much more aligned with, like, uh, kind of pop rock Christmas songs of the 1940s, 50s, and 60s. And that gives it this very timely, timeless structure. And through that, it's in a very, like, Christmas-related key. Like, mm-hmm. the, you know, White Christmas is in the same key mm-hmm. that has, like, this kind of, like, mournful flat, like, half-step halfway up the scale that mm-hmm. brings that sort of, like, almost like mournful yearningness that Mm -hmm. is in a lot of Christmas songs. But then because it's so jubilant, like you Mm -hmm. have the equal parts, like kind of like that yearning that hurts so good. And then just like Mm -hmm. the unbridled joy of the season. And yeah, it just like, it's really just all these parts come together in this really exquisite way. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think even just beyond its successes as a pop song, I think what's so monumental about All I Want for Christmas is You, I think especially, and we've been able to see this in recent years as it continues to dominate the Billboard charts in the month of December, is that how this song has almost become like when people actually like kind of start playing it has become an event almost unto itself that just reading you know i feel like this meme has kind of been born in the past couple of years is that the second halloween is over on midnight november 1st is the moment you start playing uh, all i want for christmas is you and it's something that Mariah herself has also played into, uh, at least on TikTok this year. She made a TikTok where it was like, October 27th, not yet. October 28th, not yet. And it was slowly counting down to November 1st. And then midnight November 1st, those first few notes start playing. And then like she awakens. And I feel like just the power that she has that not only this song is so definitive of her success as a pop star, but the fact that this song feels like an event. Like, it feels like a cultural phenomenon that goes beyond, like, almost as big of a cultural <laughs> phenomenon as Christmas itself, which I think is Truly. phenomenal. Well, and yeah, just in talking more about the structure of the song, of it, like, yes, there is a very famous pop star engine behind yeah. this song, which mm-hmm. I do think is not negligible when you yeah. look at its impact. Mm-hmm. But, I mean... The structure of the song, it goes up and down a lot with scales. And like I was reading a theory that talks about the reason why it's so satisfying to listen to Mm -hmm. is because it builds lyrical and sonic suspense. Yeah. And it's like kind of building to something as if there's like a big reveal. And it Mm -hmm. mirrors this in the context of the song by like having like a whole verse before it reveals, like, what do you want for Christmas? Like, I don't yeah. want this, I don't want this, I don't want this, I want you! Like, yeah. that surprise is sonically satisfied in the in the way that the song is orchestrated and mm-hmm. the melody. Yeah. And then um, that, like, big note at the end, like, you, like, the yeah. high note, mm-hmm. that, like, is the, like, resolution to the, the mm-hmm. climax that the whole song has been building to. Yeah. So it's very satisfying, oh, like, yes. sonically to mm-hmm. listen to it. Oh, it's And, so... yeah, and, and again, like, kind of back to your point, in, like, mm-hmm. cultural impact, like, mm-hmm. it is just... Again, like, so surprising because you would think when this song was released, there must have just instantly been all this fervor. But no, the cultural impact of the song was pretty minor. And it's just grown and grown and grown and grown and grown to the Mm -hmm. point where, yes, now it is, like, a full... Like, I've seen billboards of Spotify where they, like, have, Mm -hmm. like, streams of All About My Christmas Is You during the year. And in, like, July, they have, like, a tiny Mariah. And then Mm -hmm. by December, it's just, like, Mariah's shoe. It's so big. Mm -hmm. And um, streaming-wise, I mean, uh, there's so many, like, records and interesting things to talk about. Yeah. Just this holiday season, we just crossed over a billion streams. This is Mariah Carey's first billion-streamed song. Mm -hmm. And it was released in 1994. Like, songs released before the last couple of years that have crossed the billion threshold. We're talking, like... Africa by Toto, Bohemian Rhapsody, like, mm-hmm. just yeah, juggernaut classics. Oh, yeah. So, like, that's just, I mean, mm-hmm. so much is incredible about this song, but I think it's important to note that, like, it's easy to understand this song as a cultural phenomenon now, mm-hmm. but, like, to think about how it's grown is mm-hmm. just, like, another, I think, fascinating and amazing mm-hmm. aspect of it. Oh, yeah. And it feels like at this point, like, it is completely Mariah's own in that even if someone, like, wanted to cover it, like, they are not going to get even close. Like, in doing research for this podcast, 
uh, again, I was going through, uh, so Mariah Carey and Michael Buble did a duet of And Justin song. Bieber and Mariah Carey did a duet of the <laughs> yes, song. Yes, I didn't watch the Justin Bieber and Mariah duet, but I watched the Michael Buble and the Mariah duet. And you can just so, so see how kind of timid Michael is in that performance, in which I think partially it's just that both of their respective versions of the song don't really mesh well together because it feels like Mariah's is a lot more up-tempo and it has this kind of sliding scale up and down and uh, Michael's is a lot more stripped back but it feels like even though that like this was his Christmas special he just kind of took a complete step back and he's like Mariah you take it from here this is your song and so and then she kind of takes it from there and she does a phenomenal job as always but I just thought that I just thought that was really interesting yeah yeah no and that's a really good point Mm -hmm. like it's this song is so definitive to the holiday season, but when it really boils down to it, like you have to be a vocalist like of Mariah Carey's singular talent mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to pull this off. The other thing that I will say though that I think is very smart mm-hmm. is that like you she didn't make it too much like it's only a Mariah Carey moment. Like yeah. it became a holiday moment yeah. at the helm of her talent, but she actually like has background singers like a lot of times on her recordings she does her own background vocals and layers them in so i like that's one thing about this that i think is really smart and really interesting Mm -hmm. that like for here and a lot on this album she has background singers and like there's kind of other Mm -hmm. textures in the song yeah other than her voice Mm -hmm. and like yeah i think that that just like welcomes her in really neatly and nicely Mm -hmm. into the the Christmas catalog pantheon that, that, yeah. that like mm-hmm. she is able to sacrifice enough of her own identity to make it so universal sounding. Mm-hmm. But in turn, it is still so singularly her. Oh yeah. And that like, again, like I think that's how she can get away with mm-hmm. like kind of shamelessly marketing this song. Now, I mean, mm-hmm. she's getting so much money from all of this and like, mm-hmm. it could be easy to kind of turn that cynical. But I think, again, because mm-hmm. the song is from such a sincere place and because it's so clear that in mm-hmm. the song there's a desire for it to mm-hmm. join the ranks of these other songs that um, yeah. it kind of allows that like that to work in Mariah Carey's favor with her image, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, I think another major uh, component of this song that we have to talk about is just what a fascinating... Uh, record-breaking charting song Mm -hmm. this is um and looking at mariah carey's career before this i mean it's pretty insane that she's having this like impeccable next run so for context mariah carey is the most successful solo artist um in terms of just like number one songs um on the billboard charts solo artist um, in terms of just like number one songs mm-hmm. um, on the Billboard charts, yeah, she prior to this song had eighteen number ones mm-hmm. that spanned from nineteen ninety mm-hmm. to two thousand eight, uh, and she just had a pretty blockbuster career, like especially in the nineties, like that was uh, her her apex as a superstar and like i don't know that any other artist has had like a more successful decade oh yeah than mariah carey in the 90s like mm-hmm. maybe the beatles in the 60s like that's yeah. kind of the level wow that she was operating at mm-hmm. yeah and 
So yes, I mean, 18, this was like a record for soloists, for female soloists. Uh, she had the longest reigning number one song for a really long period of time. And uh, yeah, a very successful career by all accounts. And this yeah. song, again, as we've discussed, mm-hmm. had sort of, was growing and growing in popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, she already had a bunch of very yeah. important career achievements to hang her hat on. Originally, this song peaked at number six mm-hmm. on the Billboard Hot Adult Contemporary chart and at number 12 on the Airplay chart mm-hmm. in January of 1995. And then they returned, you know, later that Christmas season of 1995. But at the time, you couldn't chart on the Hot 100, like the mm-hmm. overall pop chart, if you were not commercially released as a single or, like, under any sorts of physical releases. Yeah. So it was not eligible to chart at that Mm -hmm. time. And so there were, like, clearly other charts that it was being represented on. Mm -hmm. But um, then after it... uh, the chart rules changed. It couldn't re-enter the chart because they had rules against chart re-entry. So, like, once you'd had your chart run, Mm -hmm. you couldn't come back. And, um, but it would top the recurrent songs chart every year from 2005 to 2008. Um... And then that rule changed in 2012, yeah. so that if a song, no matter if it had charted before, if it had enough chart points to return to the top 50, then it would be allowed to chart. And so, mm-hmm. like, you, this was actually changed, sadly, because of uh, Whitney Houston's death wow. and later Prince's death um, by, you know, yeah. like... I Will Always Love You returned to the mm-hmm. chart at number three um, after Whitney Houston died in 2012. So I, I believe that was kind of like the impetus to be like, oh, we really should, like, maybe this is a cool way mm-hmm. to honor artists, like, after, like, legendary artists after yeah. they die. Um, so that was, I think, kind of the main impetus for that change in 2012. Um, and so then it was eligible yeah. to come on to the Hot 100. And so it re-entered at number 29 and then peaked at number 21 Mm. in 2013. And each subsequent year, it just kind of leapt back on the chart and kept kind of snagging a higher number. And finally in 2017, the chart, um, it reached number nine. So Mm -hmm. it was a top 10 single. And this was like her first top 10 since Obsessed in Mm -hmm. 2009. So, like, it had been some time between 2009 and 2017. And so that was, and again, that was her 28th top 10 single, so she had had quite a few up until that point. So then, in um, the 2018 Christmas season, the song leapt up to number three. And then I think that was when... Like, both Mariah Carey and management and, I think, just Mm -hmm. general followers of pop music were very interested in, like, oh, this actually, like, could happen. Oh, yeah. And at that point, you know, this was 2018 and the song was released in 1984. Yeah. So (laughs) it's, like, a pretty old song. But then, for I think fortuitously, I think it was just like a perfect storm. The next year just so happened to be the 25th anniversary oh, yes. of this song. And so then, after like peaking at number three the year before, like they were all, I think, 
the possibility was there. It could happen. And so then, like, Amazon Music made, like, a documentary, like, a mini, like, 15-minute documentary about the song. Mm. And it was pretty shamelessly uh, marketed and advertised. They released it on cassette tape. They released it on, like, any kind of physical thing they could sell with this song they did. Oh, yes. And it was just, like, you know, this Mm -hmm. is the anthem of Christmas. And the documentary came out literally, like, the week before All Out For Christmas Is You hit number one for the first time in the week ending December 21st, 2019. Wow. Which again, I want to emphasize too, like mm-hmm. that chart week, it sounds pretty close to Christmas, December 21st, but that's actually tracking the week previously. Oh yeah. So a full two weeks before Christmas, this 25-year-old song topped the Hot 100. Like, it was the most popular song in the nation overall pop chart. I remember listening to it during that that Yeah, and and I mean, this was Mariah Carey's 19th number one single, which, like, definitively put her ahead of Elvis, because some chart statisticians count some of Elvis's stuff prior to the, this iteration of the Hot 100, and he had number ones on the previous chart um, that are counted. So yes, this put her firmly ahead of Elvis. And I mean, in terms of cumulative weeks at number one, she was already over 80 weeks spent at number one. So, like, Mm -hmm. a cumulative larger than a year, like a year and a half of charting time is Mm -hmm. just underneath Mariah Carey's number ones. And now, you know, this is just, like, this opened Pandora's box. I mean, it has gone number one in the charts every single year since. And it's the first song in history to go number one um, in three different years and it is now the longest reigning christmas number one song this was the first christmas number one since uh, the 1958 mm-hmm. alvin and the chipmunks <laughs> a Chris- chipmunk song oh which aren't we glad that that is now not the defining christmas chart hit. oh yes but in any case it is interesting in 2019 um her record for mm-hmm. one sweet day which was number one on the chart for 16 weeks which was the yeah. longest reigning number one song in 2017, Despacito with Justin uh-huh. Bieber tied the record. So mm-hmm. it was definitely like the record was on short notice. But then Lil Nas X and Billy Ray Cyrus had Old Town Road, which was mm-hmm. number one for 19 weeks. Yeah. So that usurped Mariah's record. But like so many have pointed out, long game, like Mariah yeah. Carey, if she's getting, you know, two, three weeks a year, she could rack it up, you know, rack up those, those weeks and get more than 19 weeks of number one with this song. And yeah, like mm-hmm. it's, it wasn't just a one-time yeah. cultural sensation. Like, yes, there was a big pop star engine behind getting it number one that year in 2019, but it continues. And oh, I'm, yes. I'm, you know, it's just, I'm sure that it will continue to be number one. Right now, as it sits at time of recording, it's number 11 on the chart, and it literally just became December. So, like, oh, this next yes. tracking week is going to be the first tracking week for all of December. All of December. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's... I It's game over. Like, that song's going number one this year. I'm yeah. calling it now. Yeah, I don't even know of any, like, artists, like, big artists, like, releasing music this month, but I feel like... They don't stand a chance. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Swift was actually able to take Mariah off the top for one week. Oh, yes. Um, when she released Evermore, Willow. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Willow well, came in there, but then All of Christmas Is You kind of went back to the top. Yeah. And what was interesting, too, so in 2019, she hit number one, and it was number one for three weeks. So it yeah. was the third week of December, the fourth week of December, and the first week of January. Mm-hmm. With this accomplishment, Mariah Carey became the first and so far only recording mm-hmm. artist to have a number one single in four separate decades because yeah. she had had one in the 90s, the O's, the 10s, and now the 20s. 
And uh, so that, it's just funny because her <laughs> brand is all like, I don't age. I have anniversaries. I don't have birthdays. But yeah. I also have longevity records on the charts. Get at me. Um, yeah, and she was also the oldest woman to top the chart um, mm-hmm. since Cher wow. in, with Believe in 1999. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, that was another interesting thing. And mm-hmm. this was the longest trip to number one. And this was the longest charting song uh, on the chart before it hit number one. It had charted 35 weeks before getting there. And this was the longest time between the release of a song and yeah. it hitting number one. And, like, not only that, but this also paved the way for, like, a ton of other Christmas songs to just surge up the charts to the point where last year, like, the the week that included Christmas, so the, mm-hmm. the first week of January in 2021, yeah. nine of the top ten on the pop chart mm-hmm. overall Hot 100 were Christmas songs. And, like, we've had, like, Feliz Navidad. Like, mm-hmm. that is now the record for the longest trip to the top ten in the chart's history. So, like, I do love the All I Want For Christmas Is You uh, sort of made the rest of this viable. And mm-hmm. I, I, again, think streaming has become such an important metric and a really cool thing that I love about the charts now is that I think we have the more accurate view of what people are actually listening to. And, you know, it's allowing holiday songs. Like, that's what people are listening to at the time. And yeah. why shouldn't it be allowed to chart and have its popularity represented in this metric that we yeah. measure music from? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I this record keeps going. I think now Adele has it for Easy On Me. But there was a point in time where uh, For Christmas Is You held the record for most streams in a single mm-hmm. day. And again, this is not like a new song. It's not like it, there's mm-hmm. a hype around its release. Like, this yeah. is just a timeless classic song. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and I I just, I love it so much. And I think, like, right when you start to get sick of it, if you even do, like, mm-hmm. then the Christmas season's over, and then by the time next year comes yep. around, like, you're just hyped to listen to the song again. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, and it does. I mean, I was reading, like, in 2017, it was estimated this had earned, like, $60 million in royalties. But uh, it's, I'm sure, much made much more since 2017. Yeah. I also think it's worth noting, um, which we haven't talked at all about Walter Afanasieff yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a long-term uh, songwriting partner with Mariah Carey. And they worked very closely together on like hero my favorite of their collaborations is my all Mm -hmm. and the two of them pretty much produced the entire album Mm -hmm. they had a couple other producers help them with a few tracks but in general the two of them were on writing and producing credits for the original i do know that walter avanasiev he originally recorded this song with like a live Mm -hmm. band and didn't like how it sounded so then Mm -hmm. he programmed all the instrumentation you hear on the track which i think was actually a very smart choice because that just Mm -hmm. kind of makes the song flow in such a like like it just kind of feels relentless Mm -hmm. um rather than like maybe having like more nooks and crannies to get that little crackle um but yes he you know is a 50 percent contributor to this song as well and did the music and i think deserves credit for how amazing this song is and then we haven't even talked about there are three music videos for this song just mm-hmm. official ones um so why don't we dive into those the first one is kind of like a very odd video it's like not really any lip syncing of yeah. the song it's just footage of 
Mariah in looking cute and Christmassy. Mm. Yeah. Um, in like Santa outfits or just wearing red. Yeah. And hanging up ornaments mm. and um, playing in the snow. Yeah, it has that very vintage 35, like, like Super 8 film, that like very kind of grainy stock footage look to it. It feels like you're kind of watching like someone's like home movie collection. Mm-hmm. And Tommy Mottola is there. He's mm-hmm. playing Santa Claus. Um, and there's dogs dressed up like reindeers. And, like, I gotta say, Mariah Carey looks absolutely stunning. Oh, and, yes. like, I just think it's, like, exactly the right balance of, like, there's still, like, a sexiness to her look. Yeah. But it's still, like, Christmas. And it's oh, not, yes. like, it's not mm-hmm. take, but it's still, like, Christmas. And it's oh, not, yes. like, it's not mm-hmm. taking that to, like, places that wouldn't be family friendly. But, yeah. yes, she still looks, like, very sexy amidst mm. it. And yeah, it's it's just kind of fun and it's a little weird considering how monumental the song is, but it does feel like something you could just have like on mute, like create a Christmas atmosphere. So that was kind of my take on that video. And then there is another video that was concurrent and it was inspired by the Renettes, which mm-hmm. are also just the sound of that song. Had yeah. a very like girl group 60s inspired by the Renettes, like penned by Phil Spector, who yeah. what an interesting character he is. Um, and again, like uh, Mariah Carey would do a cover of Christmas Baby Please Come Home on the album, which yeah. is drawn right from that era oh yes um and uh yeah so she's Mm -hmm. like it's like a 60s like kind of like on the ed sullivan show Mm -hmm. and there's her background singers and there's these Mm -hmm. like two dancers on the little circles and her hair is all teased up and she's wearing like these very fashionable mod boots Mm -hmm. i think i think the look is really Mm -hmm. good and yeah it just kind of runs like she's like performing it on like the Ed mm-hmm. Sullivan show I think it looks really cool I definitely like that's maybe more my style of music video I will also comment Mariah Carey is a terrible dancer like she <laughs> just cannot dance and it's really kind of fascinating that like she's still so like she so, has so much star power that I just find myself so enthralled by her like movements even though she's like not really doing much choreography like she's just kind of standing there and singing and like I just I find that so enthralling like Mm -hmm. even like that she has that much charisma to make that really interesting even though like a lot of other singers that would be really boring and then for the 25th anniversary the make my wish come true rendition that is like uh when you know they were really trying to market the song uh to try to hit number one so it was featured a contemporary Mariah Carey of the time and um, the actress from Mixedish is on there making a cameo, and that's Michael Michelle Harris. And uh, Mariah Carey uh, wrote the theme song for Mixedish called oh. In the Mix, which is a very good theme song, by the I way. I did not know that. And I, I, an aside is like, I think it's so beautiful that like the mm-hmm. girl in the video is a mixed race child, and you can yeah. see that mm-hmm. like her parents are mixed race, and like yeah. that's you know Mariah Carey's talked a lot about her. Um, ethnic background in her uh throughout her career and how that's impacted her so just i don't know it's very cute that Mm -hmm. you know she you see like kind of her like speaking to a younger version of herself and that's like what's representative and it's you know an actor from a show that she actually worked on i think that's very cute yeah i mean that's just full of like there's Mm -hmm. a little more attempt at choreo but you can also see that mariah is like not even interested in doing choreo and rock and row her Mm -hmm. twins are in there too and their dog and like yeah Mm -hmm. it's just everything classic christmas that you would expect that just kind of like it's like a a window shopping scene that comes to life 
Um, and then there is also a, uh, when the song hit number one, a bunch mm-hmm. of celebrities made a lip sync video that includes Ooh. like Chris Jenner and Patti LaBelle and mm-hmm. Ariana Grande. And yeah. I know that if you watch the like K-Bye for now, that Ariana Grande documentary, there's a scene that like mm-hmm. she talks about filming that video. So oh, yeah. a lot of people have seen it because of that. Ryan Reynolds is there. Yeah. Just a bunch of random people. Nick Cannon is actually there too. Which oh, I'm you know, it's nice to see that they yeah. have a good relationship. Yes. And of course her current um guy, Brian Tanaka, who is mm-hmm. a dancer, who is interestingly enough in the Don't Stop the Music video with uh, Rihanna. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is he does a dance for, for the that, that like lip sync video that celebrated hitting number one. Mm-hmm. There's like a carpool karaoke where Mariah Carey and a bunch of celebrities sing the song in carpool karaoke. I mean, this song is just everywhere. Yes. <laughs> Lots of different fun versions. Do you have a favorite of the videos? Ooh, that is a good question. I feel like I I really enjoyed the original. I feel like there was just a sentimentality to it and a sweetness and just a genuine kind of warmth of spirit, you know, the nostalgia of it all, which I think is so interesting because the song feels so timeless and it's able to chart at number one 25 years after its initial release. It's able to just exist in such this interesting kind of almost limbo space and time where it's continuing to age, yet it feels so timeless. And like, I remember as a kid, or I can't even remember when I found out that this album came out in 1994, but I remember when I first found out that I was like very, I was very surprised because it always had felt so contemporary and I felt like I had always seen it just everywhere, especially this song in particular. So I I remember for the first time, I can't, again, cannot remember the exact age that I was, but I was honestly very surprised that this song came out in 1994 and that this album was as old as it was. Yeah, and I just, I think it was so smart for them in in retrospect, you know, to Mm -hmm. do this at this point in her career because really like, it is prime Mariah Carey. Like, I think oh, that yeah. that's a big part of why the song is so magical. Like, so many of the artists that would make a Christmas album just mm-hmm. did it past their prime. So, like, she's able to sing mm-hmm. with her full range. You know, like, her voice has mm-hmm. changed over time. And, like, she can definitely still sing the song. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's that that this was her at the height of her career, I think, impacts this so much. And has... Mm-hmm laid the groundwork for a lot of other artists to do the same thing and like you saw a big uptick in christmas albums more like kind of released alongside and they also did very much mimic the merry christmas release style of just being like hey this isn't a big deal i'm just putting out a christmas album they don't let it overpower the brand too much like it and it does feel like there's a lot of artists that i think are trying to lay the foundation for having something like Mariah Carey has down the line in their Mm -hmm. careers. And, like, you have Ariana Grande, I think, definitely trying to keep Santa Tell Me as, like, just a steady background noise Mm -hmm. on her, you know, career trajectory. And, like, you have Taylor Swift releasing Christmas Tree Farm. Uh, Our girl Kelly Clarkson also has her. Yeah. And I would say Kelly Clarkson and Michael Buble, Mm -hmm. I think, of all the contemporary artists, I think they have really... They are not at Mariah Carey levels, but I think they've mm-hmm. established Christmas empires that um, that are formidable and I think mm-hmm. could stand to maybe someday get closer to the level Mariah Carey has right now. I think in the Christian scene, like Amy Grant definitely yes. has her, her finger on the pulse of Christmas music. Oh, for sure. Um, but... Yeah, like this mm-hmm. really was a game changer, I think, in the industry as a whole. And like this song, like 
there really hasn't been another original Christmas song come along and get there oh, to this absolutely. level. Like, the door's kind of been slammed on modern Christmas classics. So I'm also going to be very interested to see, like, is it possible or was, you know, it, mm-hmm. and is this just a lasting, like, yeah. we only get once in a generation Christmas songs. Like, yeah. you have to be that good. And I mean, mm-hmm. look at, and they talked about this in the Prime Music, or mm-hmm. like, documentary. Christmas songs are written by some of the all-time great composers of our our lifetime. Irving Berlin in yeah. White Christmas. Like, mm-hmm. so, in order for Mariah Carey to get up there, that is just such a compliment and an achievement to her talents. And, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I... I do think that that's kind of like a once in a generation thing to get oh, yeah. a songwriter um, and a song mm-hmm. that can just become like an entity unto its own self. I think to definitely have entered kind of the canon of, you know, Christmas standards, you know, and also kind of be on the same level. I think, you know, especially with this album, this song is featured with, uh, you know, standard hymns. And I feel like, you know, all I want for Christmas is years, honestly, in 26, 27 years has gotten to that point, which I honestly think is quite incredible as we have already discussed at nauseum. But yeah, I still think it's just an absolute accomplishment un- unto itself. And I think one of the most influential just entities we've discussed on this podcast so far. Yeah, probably just in terms of cultural impact, like... This could, I mean, this, I think, is the most significant song we've talked about. And, like, in the realm of, like, the most popular songs of all time, just in terms of sales and adjusting, Mm -hmm. like, this song is already in, like, the top 20. And it's, like, of those 20, like, it is increasing at a Mm -hmm. rate that far outpaces anything else that's even close to competing. So I ultimately think that this will be the most popular song of all time before it's Mm -hmm. (laughs) said and done. And, yeah, taking the Christmas out of it, too, like, it's a really good pop song. Like, forget the Christmas moniker. Like, just if you are a fan and appreciate pop music, like, this song is just incredible. You know, Mariah Carey was saying, like, there's countries that, like, don't even celebrate Christmas that, like, this song Mm -hmm. comes on and it's, like, a hit. I'm also very amused, and I think this is another great time to bring this up. This album was kind of, you know, it was received well, but wasn't super prominent. Everywhere except Japan on initial Ah, release. Japan ate this album up. Yeah, I'm curious to know the story with Japan. Well, I, it just, it it really connected. And so, Mm -hmm. like, even, and there's a recording of uh, Mariah Carey when she went to the Tokyo Dome during the Daydream tour, which, like, the Tokyo Dome Mariah Carey concert is, like, probably the most, like, legendary, Mm -hmm. important concert of her career that was again her during daydream which was amongst her biggest blockbuster album moments in her career she was just at the height like Mm -hmm. she was pretty untouchable like she was kind of like as we would think of adele today and she sang all i want for christmas is you and this was not like a christmas concert this wasn't like Mm -hmm. she just we're in japan we have to sing it yeah like trey lorenz who's like a longtime background singer for her like in the the documentary about the song that Mm -hmm. amazon did he's like yep we would have to do that every time we went to japan like (laughs) they just loved it there like it's um that's That's an important song for us to sing there and yeah Mm -hmm. it was just wildly popular and to date it's like one of the best-selling english like albums by a woman in Japan. Um, oh. And so, yes, they were ahead of their time in mm-hmm. terms of being as obsessed with the song 
as they were. But yeah, I mean, just the global impact yeah. the song has. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's we talk a lot about its U.S. chart history, but like it was yeah. sort of it broke similar records in the United Kingdom. Just chart is is a charting juggernaut oh, anywhere yes. in the world. So it feels kind of it feels kind of weird to come down from all I want for Christmas is you. It's such a high. Yes, it's such a high, and now we come back down to earth and we return and we continue along in our track by track analysis with track three, Oh Holy Night. And I feel like we're going to have a lot less to say about this track, but overall, I think it is a solid cover. It is, of course, another hymn along with Silent Night. So, but it's, it's, I think the track list of this album was one of the most kind of intriguing aspects of it to me. I think with All I Want for Christmas is You, we talked a lot about its kind of rhythmic qualities, how it kind of goes up and goes down and builds suspense and i feel like the album itself kind of echoes those same qualities in that we start off kind of softly with silent night we have this absolute bombastic you know just explosion of pop perfection with all i want for christmas is you and now we come back down again to oh holy night and yeah i think it's another successful cover I don't think there is as I think there isn't as much to say about it as some of the other covers that Mariah tackles on this project. But again, I, I kind of I appreciate kind of the slowing down the pianos, how it that I think it complements the airiness of her voice quite well. And other than that, I, Quinn, do you have additional thoughts? Yeah, I think. Well, and I, it was interesting because I do think it's just any song is hurt following All yeah. I Want for Christmas is You. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I think in my mind, Christmas Baby Please Come Home is right after it, which I think is like yeah. the proper follow up to mm-hmm. All I Want for Christmas is You. But I also, like, I think maybe just when you follow such an mm-hmm. iconic song, it's just hard to follow that up. Mm-hmm. I will say, I think Oh Holy Night is the most overworked song on this album um which is just like i don't personally love this rendition and it's Mm -hmm. interesting because this is the type of christmas song you would expect mariah carey to sing yeah like this is kind of like the powerhouse vocalist like not any Mm run-of-the-mill like pop star can just put this song on their christmas albums you need to really have chops and she does and like i don't it's not bad. Like, she, mm-hmm. she definitely hits the notes and is a very impressive singer, but I just think, yeah. like, her styling of the song is a little overwrought, and I really think, like, Mariah Carey could have delivered, like, the definitive Oh Holy Night, and I don't know that she does. But mm-hmm. yes, I'm not offended by it. Yeah. I do like it. I just think, like, if you're going to critique this album in yeah. any points, like, that's where I find critiques with it, is that, like... I I think mm-hmm. it's like maybe trying a scotch too hard. So from the holiest of nights, we now go to uh, kind of back to that '60s mm-hmm. uh, pop rock vibe yeah. uh, with a cover yeah. this time rather mm-hmm. than the original "All I Want for Christmas Is You" mm-hmm. of "Christmas Baby Please Come Home," which was yeah. originally performed by Darlene Love and. I think she just slays this. This was the biggest surprise of the album for me. I am familiar enough with the original, but I feel like 
this was a cover that Mariah was truly able to make her own, and I know, I feel like it probably has not gotten as much play as some of the other covers, or wouldn't be as recognizable as a cover in the context of this album. But this was it was just such a delight. I feel like definitely kind of offset it a little bit of the sleepiness of a holy night and brought that energy right back up. And I was very pleasantly surprised. And I was listening to this album late last night, and it kind of perked me back up a little bit and I was like okay I can really get into this I'm having a lot of fun yeah and I no disrespect to the Darlene Love version at all that version is great Darlene Love has a killer voice you know this is no shade but I do think of all the covers on this album the one that I think Mm -hmm. is like I think of the Mariah Carey version of the song before Mm -hmm. I think of the Darlene Love version and I feel like in general I've heard it more maybe that's just anecdotal but like I think that this is the one like cover that she yeah. really makes her own and like mm-hmm. the Mariah Carey version of this song is oh, yeah. critical to sure. this song as it exists in the zeitgeist and I think it suits her voice really well yeah. and I think like I I love like kind of her riffs and runs here I think they're very well placed and well executed mm-hmm. while making the song still feel really like classic and like it belongs to everyone so uh yeah like just a really successful cover and again like Mariah's done some really earth-shattering covers, so, Mm -hmm. like, I just, like, this is really a celebration of her talent in that arena, I think. yes. And, yeah, and I like, I, again, like that there's, like, kind of a jubilance to the production, and, but there's something, like, a little melancholy about it. Like, there's some, there's, like, a a layer of just that, like... Mm -hmm. Christmas is a time of joy, but it's also a time of just, like, marking the passage of time and thinking about, like, areas of your life that are maybe less less than you want them to be or mm-hmm. people that you wish were in your life that aren't. Like, yeah, I just, I think that the emotion is really connected to with this performance. So now we move on to the second original composition Mm -hmm. on this album which yeah i i guess i was familiar with this album Mm -hmm. probably more so than you just by having you know maybe a little more interest in mariah carey than yes the average person yes you are Um, the resident mariah carey historian yes that's me i put that on my resume (laughs) (laughs) but uh yes I, I didn't realize there were... So there's three original mm-hmm. songs that were co-written by Mariah Carey and Walter Afanasiev. And, yeah, like, All I Want For Christmas Is You is definitely, like, harkens back to the Phil Spector 60s, you know, yeah. rocking around the Christmas tree sort of era, which mm-hmm. Christmas Baby Please Come Home was, like, a cover of that era. Missing Was a Christmas Time, I think, is more in the, like, somber, like, explicitly, like, sad ballads. Like, I'm kind of, I was kind of reminded of, um, like, I'll Be Home for Christmas a Mm -hmm. little bit with Missy Most at Christmas Time. And I really didn't realize this was a Mariah Carey song. I've definitely heard this song before. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if it was a Mariah Carey version or just a cover of it. But I, this is not, like, on the A tier, like, this is a Christmas song on every playlist, but it's around. And yeah, I I just I was surprised. I didn't know it was a Mariah Carey original, and it's just really tender and and sad. You know, it's, yeah. you really hear the pain and the emotion. I think, in terms of personal taste, like this is just not typically the type of Christmas music I listen to a lot. But yeah. like, I think it really exemplifies this type of Christmas song, and I think mm-hmm. it's it's a very faithful offering. Yeah, absolutely. Again, this was another. There were I think there were a lot of surprises for me on this album. This was another one of them. I think especially 
uh, coming right after uh, Christmas, Baby, Please Come Home. But I think, yeah, this was another one that I don't think I'd ever heard this song before. Or if I had, it, I hadn't listened to it enough times to where it like actively activated any sort of core memory for me. So this was a very pleasant surprise. And yeah, there was definitely, it felt very tender, very sincere, very human. And I think especially on this album where it is a lot of hymns and a lot of covers, I think one thing as as I, as I have begun to delve more and more into Mariah's discography uh, throughout 2021, the, I guess this is technically only my second Mariah Carey album, my first being 2018's Caution. Oh, <laughs> an amazing album. Yeah, so this so I am still very much getting getting into Mariah Carey's discography beyond like her biggest biggest hits and her most contemporary work. But I think this is just a really standout example of her songwriting. And I think there's such a tenderness and a vulnerability here. And I don't know. I'm also just a sucker for songs about just, like, missing people. I And I feel like to have a christmas theme one works very well here. And I think it's placement, you know, being halfway through the track list overall. I think one, if I had to rank all the songs that surprised me on this album, this will re- end up placing pretty high on my final ranking. But yeah, I was really, I was really surprised by it, and I really, I really resonated with it, and I appreciated kind of the change in pace from the more upbeat and the more sort of uh, religious-driven tracks. Yeah, and I just think that that also goes to show her power as a songwriter. Where mm-hmm. obviously the the sort of juggernaut mm-hmm. of "All I Want for Christmas Is You" takes up a lot of the attention, mm-hmm. but I was, I was also very um, impressed and touched by like how good these other original songs were, and it mm-hmm. was like she really like took the Christmas season and took on a, a lot of different perspectives, mm-hmm. and yeah, like this is a completely different perspective than "All I Want for Christmas Is You," and the next original "Jesus Born on This Day" is completely different from these two as well. Well. A minor complaint I have about Mariah Carey's discography mm-hmm. is that I don't think that there are enough dance songs. I think mm-hmm. there are some really killer remixes, and again, there's a couple like very explicit Mariah Carey dance tracks. But track six, Joy to the World, is like a straight-up Christmas dance floor jam. <laughs> and I love it! Like, And it's just, it's so much fun to hear Mariah Carey like, in this sort of jubilant, gospel-infused way. Because in addition to being a dance floor jam, this is really the introduction of, like, a true gospel song on this album as well. And, like, I think gospel was an influential genre to Mariah Carey, and it's really cool to hear her try try her hand at some, like, really, like, sink your teeth into gospel mm-hmm. numbers. And I think that they're very successful. Um, and it's, like, Mariah Carey, like, brings a lot of soul and emotion and, like, kind of abandons her, like, maybe, like, overly technical abilities in favor for just, like, going for the emotional, what feels right in her voice. So, yeah, I think Joy to the World is, like, all those things. Like, it's just, it's jubilant, it's exuberant, it, mm-hmm. it uh makes you feel like that kind of unbridled elation that is so fitting with the composition joy to the world and just the Mm -hmm. season in general yeah absolutely i i see your points i think this may be a track where i have to disagree with you slightly (gasps) i know 
How dare I? But yes, I do I do respect the sort of shift in production and I think it's really interesting kind of the juxtaposition of having this very well-known hymn given this very kind of exuberant production. But I feel like at least for me, one of this album's kind of core strengths is its kind of timeless nature to it. Like again, I remember again being shocked that this album came out in 1994 and I feel like so much of this production feels like it's just so applicable and it's been able to, you know, this album has aged so, so well. But I feel like this is the one track that kind of took me out of that illusion where this production to me felt like very much that kind of like early to mid 90s kind of dance pop kind of had that production to it. It kind of reminded me of like a Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch song a little <laughs> bit. It kind of had a little bit of a Good Vibrations vibe to it, at least in terms of the production. That would actually be a fun mashup. Yeah, no, that would be interesting. But I feel like at least in terms of thinking about what I thought the greatest strengths of this album album were, one of it being its kind of timeless nature, I feel like this was the one track that kind of took me out of that a little bit and kind of reminded me that like oh yes this is very appropriate production for 1994 mm-hmm. and i don't know like i i respect it i think it just didn't yeah it didn't i don't think it resonated with me as much as it did with you yeah i think i i think the taste argument i mm-hmm. think holds a lot of water like yeah. i do agree mm-hmm. with you i think it sounds kind of grounded in the 90s that's yeah. just kind of what i love about oh, it oh yeah for sure like i love that this feels like I just think Christmas music doesn't always lend itself to being like a club song. I guess yeah. I could really hear it and like it yeah, it it mm-hmm. seems like a cool way to bridge those two worlds almost. Yeah. And like yes, this is a 90s club mm-hmm. song. Oh yes. But yeah, it's like you just don't often think and like this is not like a secular song either. Oh, yeah. like, Joy to the right. World is a hymn. Yeah. And so that like narrowing all of that together like gospel mm-hmm. with the dance floor like it, I, it's a cool genre fusion moment and I think I might just be a little like biased or tuned into that because Mariah Carey would have a couple other moments like that mm-hmm. coming up in her career that were just visionary like yeah. I, I'm thinking specifically about the um, uh, ODB remix of Fantasy that was on yeah. Daydream that came mm-hmm. right after this so yeah. that might be too where I'm like I don't know keyed into like yeah. thinking it's cool that she was able to make some really mm-hmm. contemporary 90s things married to other genres and like this you know this is gospel music but like yeah. it was hip hop later on and that mm-hmm. would have a really lasting impact too so just I like her tendency to do that and play yeah. around with those things for sure and maybe who knows maybe it just comes down to a matter matter of taste and that but, is fundamental yes <laughs> well now we move on to track seven jesus born on this day which mm-hmm. is the final original composition from this album again mm-hmm. a walter afanasiev mariah carey collaboration very different from yeah. All I Want for Christmas is You and Miss You Most mm-hmm. at Christmas Time. Yeah. This is, a, I, again, have listened to this album kind of passively before, and I would have not known that this was an original to oh, Mariah yeah. Carey. It's, mm-hmm. um, it sounds like a song, like, I went to church Christmas-related things growing up, and yeah. it sounds like something the kids' choir sing, just kind of in that... It, it takes me really to that space. Oh, like, yeah, I, It for feels sure. very familiar. Um, and, yeah, I just think it's a really beautiful uh, 
welcome addition to that sort of crop of songs mm-hmm. and uh yeah like i mm-hmm. i can definitely understand this being less someone's taste particularly if they did not grow up like mm-hmm. celebrating christmas in a religious context but like this just feels like such a christmas moment that oh, is yeah. captured and like the call and response thing songwriting wise i just think is genius like it, yeah. it gives you something to connect to in the song and like this was recorded in a church and had like live background singers and yeah. like a live choir and all that stuff so like it it just feels like a very like christmas eve service moment that uh yeah it's like kind of incredible that it was captured in mm-hmm. such a faithful way to the point where like i did not realize Mm-hmm. This was, like, composed in 1994. It yeah. felt more timeless than that. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with you on all of that. And, like, it felt... It just felt very cinematic. And I feel like, you know, incorporating the... Incorporating a children's choir in music, in particularly pop music, I feel like is not a new phenomenon or idea. And I feel like it can kind of go one or two ways where it can kind of come off as over sentimental or maybe even a little bit cheesy but i feel like mariah really is able to balance it and she's really able to build to that moment she's able to build to the call and response really well and overall i really enjoyed this song especially as someone i am not really religious by any means and i was still just like yeah i really appreciated it just from a production standpoint and just knowing that it was recorded in a church and it had you know it just has this kind of cinematic almost cinematic gravitas to it that i think is really just kind of impeccable and yeah i don't think i would have ever known that it was a mariah carey original but i think speaks so much to how she has really truly been able to make to carve out her own identity as a singer songwriter on this project and you know that she's able to have these renditions of standards and hymns but she also has this collection of original work that's honestly really incredible and able to stand its own and i think that's just another really impressive feat yeah and i just like she is a Mm -hmm. really impeccable songwriter and like i again like we gave a lot of credit to tommy matola at the Mm -hmm. beginning of this like yeah this was not mariah's like idea to do a christmas album and like i think she wasn't really like Mm -hmm. the driving force behind that idea yeah but she still deserves all the credit in the world for pulling that like this is her work and like she got into it and she went for it like, this is all, like, if you follow other stuff that Mariah Carey does, like, these songs have her stamp on them. Like, they yeah. are just very, they sound like Mariah Carey songs once you know all of the artists behind it. And, yeah, it's, like, impeccable that she's able to, like, place her talent in, on this album, mm-hmm. three very distinct spheres of yeah, sound. for sure. And, yeah, I just... Her artistry is what makes this so special. It's not... The idea was uh, contributed to this Mm -hmm. being the moment that it was, but, like, it's really Mariah Carey that has allowed this album to have such a life beyond Mm -hmm. 1994. Oh, for sure. Well, now we move on to track eight, which is the joyous Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah. And how much fun is this song? Yeah, no, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Again... I, of course, I I know this song very, very, very well. I've heard a lot of different covers of it, but I don't think I'd actually ever heard Mariah Carey's cover of it before. But yeah, again, I I really enjoyed it. I think it was, I think it's interesting, at least in how I listen to this album, 
at least within that kind of 40 second intro and how it leads into it kind of the dun, 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 every time i would listen to this song i th- would mistake it for the same kind of intro to all i want for christmas is you and so i thought that was just a funny little tidbit is that i would listen to it and then she'd be like santa claus is coming to town immediately and be like oh not not all i want for christmas is you so i thought that was a kind of an interesting musical motif that was kind of repeated with this song but overall again another cover that i feel like she is really able to make her own and also just one that she's able to have fun with and i think there's such a variety of approaches to the standards and the covers on this album that i think is really just shows a versatility that i think that i'm beginning to see more and more of with mariah that she's able to do really fun kind of dance songs she's able to do these more reflectful and kind of you know vulnerable ballads she's able to do these really just bombastic and up-tempo pop songs she's able to songs that are essentially gospel songs and she's able to carry them on her own and so there's just such a wide kind of range of styles and sounds on this project that i was again really impressed with yeah and i i think that this is a representative song of like a different type of holiday standard like i think there's making the definitive version yeah. of a recording which i don't think this is the definitive recording of oh, Santa yeah. Claus is coming to town mm-hmm. i i can't bestow that upon this song but what i do think i think if you can do very well like a, a stylistic reimagination of a mm-hmm. song that also does occupy a very important space in the christmas song ecosystem there's definitely like remix songs of christmas songs that have become like really great like mm-hmm. i'm thinking of that like kind of like bluesy doo-woppy cover yeah. of white christmas you know yeah. like that's not the definitive bing crosby has that forever but yeah. like I think of this as more that version of Santa Claus is coming to town. Like, mm-hmm. another really good one that maybe makes it a little more fun and a little more poppy. Mm-hmm. I love her voice here, like, especially those, like, mm-hmm. crystal clear, like, higher belts that yeah. she does. Like, I think that that occupies this song in a really natural way. Mm-hmm. And, like, you just kind of have that, like, roaring bassline chorus and Mariah, like, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, blasting yeah. above it. Like, mm-hmm. in maybe in ways where, like, her little vocal licks like make you lose the narrative a bit on like mm-hmm. a silent night or an oh holy night but here yeah. like it just kind of feels like these extra like garnishes or like little sprigs of mistletoe that just like yeah. make the the whole atmosphere mm-hmm. feel more festive and fun oh, yeah. and of course showing mm-hmm. off you know an yeah. incredible one of the all-time great voices in mm-hmm. music so that's just where i really found this to be a very successful cover even in spite of it, you know, not overtaking the original or, like, classic interpretation of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Well, let's move on to track nine, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, and Gloria. Yes. Um, so this is a song I know very well. Yes. Um, from... As do I. Going to church. Oh, yes. Um, this was, uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a hymn I'm more familiar with. And I almost hate to say this, it's kind of a, a somber rendition yeah. of the song. Like, uh, my recollections of it being sung, like, at church mm-hmm. is there's a real, like, jubilance and yeah. joy and, oh, like, yeah, energy. Sure. And this imagination is a little more refined and understated, which I don't hate, but mm-hmm. I think makes this 
fall a little flat in the hymn covering category of this mm-hmm. album. Yeah, that is very true. Yeah, I yeah, I know we've been talking a lot about the kind of definitive versions of songs, and I feel like this is definitely not really a definitive version of uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Of course, I also grew up going to church as well. I went to an Episcopal middle school and high school, so every year when we do our uh christmas uh sermon before winter break we would always sing this so this was a song that i was very a hymn that i was very familiar with but yeah it was interesting that it was kind of very almost somber in a way which again i feel like i do given how i've applauded the different you know the versatility of this record i do admire but in terms of thinking about tracks or covers that i will probably come back to as I continue on from this podcast, I feel like Hark the Herald Angels Sing is probably not going to be one of them, if I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I it's nice, and yeah. I think it it, fill, it fills in the album, mm-hmm. uh, which is what it needs to do. But yeah, I agree. It's not um, one that I am going to be anxious to return to, given the other mm-hmm. material on the album. Well, now we've reached to the end. Yes. Track 10, Jesus. Oh, what a wonderful child. And I think that it's amazing to hear this album that has had some moments of gospel up until this point. Mm-hmm. I love that we close on just like the most true gospel number mm-hmm. here. I just think there's like a wonderful energy. I think mm-hmm. Mariah Carey's gospel chops are amazing amazing yeah. vocalist mm-hmm. like this is just like kind of her inhabiting this genre in its truest form yeah and it's just a really cool fun one to listen to uh yeah feel like it, she takes us to church like quite mm-hmm. literally and it's just it's really great and a ton of fun to listen to yeah absolutely i i also feel like this was a track that i was not i'm not as high on as you are I do appreciate that Mariah goes there in terms of going full gospel. Again, I in terms of, I feel like a lot of how I approach this album was thinking about the tracks that I'll revisit or listen to again. And I feel like, unfortunately, this is not going to be one of them for me. I enjoyed the first half and then I felt like it got very, 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 very repetitive in its second half, which I also know is the typical structure of gospel music. So it's a move that, again, I, of course, respect, but I felt like, again, just in terms of, I think it just comes down to a taste thing in terms of thinking about, at least for me, which songs most personally resonated. I feel like this one was one of the ones that had the least amount of resonance for me. And, yeah. Don't know what I can say beyond that. So I think the people are begging to know What's our ranking of these tracks? Without further ado, let's launch in. This is, again, our combined rankings of this album. At number 10, Oh Holy Night. And again, this was like my personal least favorite one. Mm-hmm. I It's nice. I just think it's a little overworked and not quite the apex of Mariah Carey's musical interpretation skills. Mm-hmm. Yep, and moving right along, we have at number nine, uh, Jesus, a what a wonderful child. Uh, this was my personal number ten. Again, maybe it just comes down to a matter of taste. 
I just felt like this personally did not have a lot of resonance for me, though I do respect the approach that Mariah takes here, and of course the vocals are incredible, as with every song on this project, but yeah, that number, that's what we have at number nine. Yeah, and then number eight is Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which I, again, is a sort of somber arrangement of this song, and mm -hmm. not a bad one. It's definitely faithful to the original and what you would expect, but I just think it, it doesn't hold as much memorability as the tracks ahead of it. For sure. And then at number seven, we got Silent Night, which a nice, I feel like the same sentiment can also be applied to Silent Night as well. It's, it's a nice cover. I don't think it was either one of our absolute favorites from this project as reflected in this ranking. But overall, I thought it was nice. It was a nice kind of low-key introduction into the album itself. And I feel like it leads in nicely to All I Want for Christmas is You. And then number six is Joy to the World, which I think just is a fun gospel meets the dance floor number that... Yeah, it just, it's it's a treat to get through and one of the more successful gospel moments of the album. Yeah, and then uh, Santa Claus is not only coming in coming into town, but he's also coming into our number five slot right here. And yeah, overall, a really fun rework of this Christmas classic. I feel like Mariah brings a lot of her own personal flair to it, and overall, it's just very fun to listen to. And then number four, we have... I guess the worst original song, which is not too bad for the original songs, because oh, yes. there's only three of them. Mm -hmm. We have Jesus Born on This Day, which, yeah, just really takes you to church and is a whole moment unto itself that welcomes a lot of other talents at the table in terms of background vocals. Yep. And just, I mean, it sounds like a song that is timeless and has been around forever. Yep. And then at number three, we got Miss You Most at Christmas Time. Again, this was such a huge surprise for me. I was really touched by Mariah's lyricism, the vulnerability she brings to this song, the vulnerability that she brings to this album. I feel like it was really refreshing and wonderful to see. And I think this is just a prime example of Mariah's original work standing up against, standing their own against these uh, Christmas standards. And so that was awesome to see. And then number two, the most successful cover on this album, Christmas Baby Please Come Home. She just does wonderful things to this darling love number, mm -hmm. uh, really captures the emotion, the moment. It, there's equal parts exhilaration and um, uh, hopelessness uh, that bring a lot of those mm -hmm. complicated emotions of the season all packaged into just a fun 60s swing sort of a Christmas number. Mm -hmm. And then for our number one song, to the surprise of absolutely no one, All I Want for Christmas is You, earning the maximum amount of points it could have possibly earned in this ranking. I just don't know how you can not put this at yeah. number one. Like, it, you just have to. It's just, like, it's an all-timer. Like, it doesn't, it, it's bigger than this album. Yeah. It's potentially even bigger than Mariah Carey. Like, it's oh, yes. just... It is. It's the song, like, when, when it all comes down to it, like, it's the song that Mariah Carey will be remembered for, and it's a song that will be endlessly attached yeah. to the Christmas season. Oh, yes. It is a modern classic in every sense of the word. It is a juggernaut. It is a cultural reset, if you will. Indeed. 
And so congratulations, all I want for Christmas is you add this to your shelf of many accolades and trophies. Yeah, the least we can do is give you one more. <laughs> yes, so, yes, so all I want for Christmas can you can add another number one to, <laughs> to it. It doesn't know any other numbers. <laughs> yes, only number one, so congratulations, you get the Pop Maestro's gold medal. I will say a cool, another cool chart fact that is mm-hmm. maybe more of a, a backhanded compliment this is the only number one song that has actually completely fallen off the chart the next week oh wow which it did that happened in 2020 but actually last year mm-hmm. it's because like the the week after like the first week of january really uh encompasses all of the like christmas eve christmas day listening yeah and so um that was the the week after that it mm-hmm. fell off the chart but this last year it actually fell to number nine wow. the next week and then fell off the chart. So Ooh. it even has been getting more and more staying power after the season ends. So yeah. just kind of continues with the impressive mm-hmm. feats this song has accomplished so far. And yeah, I just, for someone who likes the charts, like this song is just very interesting and cool to talk about too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, Blake, are you all festived out Oh, yes, absolutely. I feel like I have truly gotten into the holiday spirit, and so thank you, Miss Mariah. Who better to get into the holiday spirit with, might I ask? No one. No one else can compare. Not Bieber, not Buble. I would dare say not even Miss Taylor Swift could compare. (laughs) No, it's it's just kind of a lane she has to herself. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really pretty incredible like mm-hmm. just how she's been able to like have the career that she's had and then mm-hmm. sort of fashion herself as one mm-hmm. of the the greats you know yeah. like you only only the greats really have mm-hmm. like christmas songs that uh, mm-hmm. sort of stand the test of time so mm-hmm. yeah and i'm very curious do you have any hot takes on who will deliver us the next Christmas jam at the level of All I Want for Christmas is You? Oh, that's a very, that's a very good question. I don't really know. I'm trying to think of like who, if I'm being completely honest, I feel like, and I know these two don't like being compared to each other, but Ariana Grande, I feel like she, because I know she has her own Christmas EP, so she has already dabbled. Yeah, I mean, I think like... There's songs like that, like Santa Tell Me, I think, is kind of Ariana Grande's song, where I'm curious to see, like, All Out for Christmas is You didn't instantly become, like, a holiday standard or classic. So, like, I think Underneath the Tree by Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Like, there's other Christmas songs out there that I could see sort of evolving into bigger hits. That Mm -hmm. said, I mean, both of those songs do kind of seem to take quite a lot from the All I Want For Christmas Is You playbook, and I think All I Want For Christmas Is You really Mm -hmm. will be the lasting song of that kind. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see if, if, like, that will be replicated. Like, is there Mm. a song that's in existence now that it doesn't quite have, you know, this mammoth reputation that will evolve into one? Yeah. But I'm also like, who would, who could come up with an original Christmas song that, you know, hasn't been released yet? Yeah. And, like, 
I feel like Bruno Mars, if he was interested, like I could oh. see him really delivering on something festive and kind of fun, mm-hmm. maybe kind of bridging the gap between like a Jackson Five level energy with like mm-hmm. kind of a Michael Bublé like sensibility. Oh, like I could see him delivering on a Christmas song. I don't know if he wants to or not. Yeah, like I, I don't know he, what the appetite is. I think he's busy with Silk Sonic right now. Indeed, and. That's. I mean, that's been a fun project. I've yeah. enjoyed the stuff they've put out. But yeah, I can mm-hmm. see Bruno Mars coming up with something like a holiday standard. Yeah, yeah. But uh, who knows? I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's really it's, it seems like the last great. I mean, mm-hmm. 1994 and the door slammed shut. Like, yeah. I don't know that we've really gotten a Christmas classic since then. So maybe we won't. But yeah. it does sort of seem like Mariah Carey is sort of a once in a lifetime songwriter. So. Mm-hmm. Makes sense, but yeah, yeah, I'll be curious. Mm-hmm. And so, where we're going to be going next is we're actually usually I feel like we make very large jumps in time where we either jump way ahead into the present or way back into the past. Which, with our next deep dive, we're not really going to be going too far back. We're just going to be going back two years to 1992 with the introduction of Welcome to the Podcast. Miss Madonna with her <laughs> album Erotica. Yeah, and I laugh because like Madonna and Mariah hate each other. But yeah. I mean, it's high time. Madonna mm-hmm. is in many ways synonymous with pop music. Yes. And um yeah, she's um she's a big deal. So we had to get to her eventually. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I what I will say, so I mean I definitely had a Madonna phase in my youth mm-hmm. um and had a, a pretty a good familiarity with her discography and Blake you didn't really from my understanding yes and so um we sat down we were like what how are we going to introduce Madonna to the podcast and we wanted to do something you know from the 90s or just before 2000 to Mm kind of you know keep keep the eras fresh yeah and so I kind of walked Blake through all the albums and uh you chose erotica (laughs) yep I chose erotica yep and why I, did you choose Erotica? Uh, I believe you mentioned the coffee table book. And so there is an accompanying coffee table book that came with Erotica. And I think just the overview you gave of its subject matter, how it kind of explicitly dealt with sex, how controversial it was upon its release, uh, I was very intrigued by it. And I feel like a lot of what I know of Madonna is from a little television program called Glee. So I'm glad... <laughs> My goodness. You can't see it, but Quinn is rolling his eyes right now. <laughs> no, but, I would never do that. Yes, but I'm excited to learn about Madonna beyond the context of Ryan Murphy. Yeah, I mean, it, this was not an album that I was particularly like struck by. I don't think I ever listened to it in my phase. I mm-hmm. had an awareness of it and kind of know where it sits within her career, but this will be a, a foray for me. I know mm-hmm. like kind of the singles and... yeah. Probably a bit more about it than you do, but Erotica, not an album I'm super familiar with, so I'm excited to dive in, see what Madge has to offer us. Yeah. Alrighty. So that concludes our show for this week. Uh, Happy holidays, however you are choosing to celebrate. Uh, Thank you again so much for listening to the show. We greatly appreciate it. And until next time, uh, we bid you farewell. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.